Support for this NPR podcast comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, family-owned, operated, and argued over since 1980. Proud supporter of independent thought, whether that's online, over the air, or in a bottle. More at sierranevada.com. Happy Friday, everybody. We're looking at the essential new releases for March 9th. I'm Robin Hilton from All Songs Considered, and we start this week's New Music Friday off with Third Story and the album Cold Heart. Summer night, drinking wine by the fire, catching up. You're looking good, wish I could tell you I was over us. I get high every night when I'm all alone Cause it helps me forget that I'm feeling low I told you I was doing fine But it's a lie, don't you know? Third Story is the band. The album is called Cold Heart. And I am joined this week by NPR Music's Tom Heisinger. Hey, Robin. And Sydney Madden. Hi, Robin. Welcome back. And this is a new discovery for me. I didn't know Third Story. Tell me a, a bit about them. You turned me on to them. Yeah, it was a bit of a new discovery for me as well. I, uh, I found out about them at the tail end of 2017, just wandering around the internet, wandering around SoundCloud. Um, they're a New York-based trio made of Elliot Skinner, Ben Lusher, and Richard Saunders. They gained a lot of notoriety online for their covers. They used to do a lot of covers of Taylor Swift and Sam Smith, and they dropped their debut project, Searching, in 2016. It was an EP, and they were going to follow it up with a debut album, but they actually got tapped to go on tour with Chance the Rapper. But yeah, it's got beautiful soulful notes. Sometimes it's on a gospel tip. Sometimes I get John Legend's vibes from some of the tracks, like this one, Still in Love. But they rattle in on pop. Like There's a song called Searching for a Feeling that reminds me a lot of Imagine Dragons. Yeah, it's a good one. Third story, the record is Cold Heart, one of the many releases out uh, for March 9th. We're going to be all over the map on this episode. Yeah. we got a lot to cover. <laughs> a lot to cover and a lot of different sounds. As so from Third Story, we go to this beautiful work from pianist Brad Meldow. Meldow's the artist, and the album's called After Bach. Tom, what is a jazz pianist doing playing Bach? Well, um, Brad Meldow, who doesn't need much of an introduction, he's been making records since the mid-90s. He's got uh, a very wide-ranging tastes at this point in his career, and its uh, I guess it's not surprising that he's making a Bach record because it's not such a surprise that jazz musicians have been inspired by Bach. I mean, it's been happening for decades. You can go all the way back to 1937 when Stefan Grappelli and Django Reinhardt made a recording improvising around the Bach double concerto. So it's, Bach has kind of this long history of inspiring uh, jazz players. And so the idea on this record of Brad Meldow's is that he plays preludes and fugues from Bach's well-tempered clavier. And then 
After the original Bach, he's got a tune of his own devising based on that Bach tune. So, for instance, let's hear what he does with the prelude number 10 in E minor. First, let's hear the Bach original. Okay, this is classic box style. You've got three layers. You've got this uh, ostinato type bass line in the left hand plus some block chords. And then this gorgeous singing melody on top in the right hand. All right, now let's hear what Meldout does with that. First, he takes that Bach left hand accompaniment and kind of throws it in your face, all kind of jagged and chromatic. And now here, he transforms the right hand melody into something very breezy of his own. There's all kinds of like super thoughtful, you know, fun transformations of Bach, the original, and then Meldau's version of Bach on the record. And I think that. You know, once again, it proves that box music is so sturdy, so versatile, and ultimately, you know, so filled with humanity. And is there any composer who's more rock and roll than Bach? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you. How, how much his music has been ripped off over the ages uh, and appeared in, in different pop, rock and pop songs? If you've got a half an hour, I can, uh, I can bring you through parts of the St. Matthew Passion that you can match right up to rock and roll. It's amazing. Yeah. The record is Brad Meldow's After Bach. It's really beautiful. Listen, and we're going to completely change gears again now and go to the artist known as Jeremy Messersmith and his record Late Stage Capitalism. I have a knack for awkward silences. Late night drunk text messages. I'm great at playing dumb. She doesn't care much for my politics For sentimental atheists Who disagree for fun Yeah, he he definitely is cribbing from a lot of different decades, <laughs> mm-hmm. but particularly the late the late sixties, early seventies. But he pulls it off. Yeah, I think he does and makes too. Makes it his own. He's been putting records out for more than a decade now, and we even had him in for a Tiny Desk back in the early days, back in two thousand ten. But just he makes this sweetly infectious pop music with so much life in it, very joyful. In fact. He put out a songbook last year, Jeremy Messersmith did, a songbook called 11 Obscenely Optimistic Songs for Ukulele. <laughs> I mean, he's not even, he's not even Very pretending. direct. <laughs> yeah. Well, this song is so great. It's actually kind of, it's a big kind of production number, and I can, I can just see all the Busby Berkeley dancers coming out at the end and their feathered boas descending the staircase with this big... <laughs> 
flourish at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard a little bit of, when I listened to him, I think of a cross between maybe Burt Bacharach and the Four Seasons, maybe like Frankie Valli. Mm-hmm. I, I kept hearing yeah. the song mm-hmm. Sherry in a lot oh, of I, I heard, almost on every song, I heard something. Happy borrows that kind of Beach Boys organ from Good Vibrations. Don't Call It Love reminded me of Nico's cover of These Days. And then Fast Times in Minnesota has got a real Bell and Sebastian feel to it. The record Late Stage Capitalism by Jeremy Messersmith out now. Let's go to the band Young Fathers and their record Coco Sugar. Someday I'll be a star to shine bright in the sky. I'm giving up on the best Give me lovers so I may have my pleasures and I lose my heart in the squalor. I've never seen wicked ones face to face, yet I've always seen brave men filled with tears. The older you get, the golder you get. Say yeah. Say yeah. This is a band from Edinburgh in Scotland. Make super adventurous music that's always surprising. Sort of a hybrid of, I don't know, hip-hop and rap. And they remind me a bit of TV on the radio sometimes. Yeah, Like the kind of songs that they... Although there are some pop melodies, but here kind of dressed in very dark clothes with these ominous textures, scratchy, stabbing strings. It's dark and kind of vulnerable and... And this is a, an intense record. I mean, this isn't something you just casually put on while you're doing the dishes. No. It's, it yeah. demands well, attention. Yeah. We focus on full albums on New Music Friday and records that deserve to be heard from from start to finish. And this is one I thought the same thing. Like, you need to block out some time right. for uninterrupted listening. Just mm. put your headphones on, no distractions, and spend some time with this record from Young Fathers. This is their third full-length, their debut full-length out in 2014 called Dead actually won the Mercury Prize. And this this new one's just incredibly arresting. Young Fathers, Coco Sugar. And from that, we go now to Lil Yachty and Lil Boat 2. Canary all the diamonds like the rap of a butterfinger. Hit them, then my brother follow up. That's a double stinger. Told the bitch true, she run around like a jazz springer. It could be opera singer. Two speeding tickets in a month. That's the Bentley cool. Split check half with the gang. That's what brothers do. Check a bitch, check, make check, please. Who? Two cribs, six cars under 22. Oops. Oops. It all goes by so fast, it's hard to catch everything. Yeah, I think that's his point. He loves rapping in double time when he wants to show you, like, I can actually rap. Because a big thing about Yachty when he first came out was he was considered bubblegum rap, mumble rap. And it was it was a connotation, it was a negative connotation that really followed him in the beginning of his career. He's only 20 years old. He's one of Atlanta's wow. leading rappers. He came out in uh, when he was, like, 17, 18, in 2016 with his debut mixtape called Lil Boat. So this is the official follow-up to it but it's a full album length and you can tell from his debut album Teenage Emotions until now he's tried to show people he can rap he's tried to show people he can put together a cohesive piece of work and he's tried to show people that he can match up to the features that are on his album so he has a lot of big name features on here he's got Offset and Quavo from Migos NBA Youngboy Lil Pump Trippy Red 2 Chains, and these are all like big names in the hip-hop world and he's trying to say oh I can hold my own with these people and I can rap double time when needed 
I love some of the spaciness on this record. Actually, you're talking about Trippy Red. There's that song called 1766. Yeah, the last song of the album. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love the ambient backing on there. It's really great. And uh, I was surprised, too, that at just 20 years old, he put something together that sounds more mature because he did catch some flack earlier on. Oh, yeah. Remind me what he got flack for. He got flack just because on Teenage Emotions, he was doing a lot of sing-song. He was doing a lot of... uh, People criticize his voice itself. Yeah. The, The voice, the tone, the content, people didn't believe what he was talking about. Uh, Robin and I were talking about this earlier. I don't think the content of the material has really matured because, like we said, he's he's brash, he's rowdy, he's, yeah, he's still 20. a young kid. <laughs> still a young kid. But he's just trying to show that he can put something together in a cohesive manner and that his intentions are laser-focused, which I think he accomplishes with this. Well, for me, I thought there were just some incredible sounds on this record. A lot of the pads and the ambient sounds, like Tom was saying. I think the, the beats are undeniable. The flow is incredible. But there were, I, I have to say there were some songs, one track in particular near the end, that were I, I found deeply disturbing and mm-hmm. almost hard to listen to at times. Not to take anything away from what he's accomplished on this record, but, you know, and art isn't always pretty. Sometimes it's in your face and it challenges mm-hmm. you. Uh, but yes, some of some of the cuts were a hard listen. Yeah, but I think this is this level of shock value that he's trying to accomplish, the horrorcore aspect of some of the songs, it's a consequence of his age. I had no idea he was so young, so I'm excited to see where he's going yeah. in the coming years. He's yeah. got more. He's got more in front of him for sure. Lil Yachty and uh, his record Lil Boat 2. There's no easy way to to go from Lil Lil Yachty to this, so I'll just uh, I'll just hit it. So the artist is Johnny Greenwood. He just got robbed of his first Oscar for composing the score to Phantom Thread, but he's right back again with another score, this time for a movie called You Were Never Really Here. I know, Robin, you and I were disappointed that he he lost the Oscar, but I predict one day he will win one. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, yeah, a lot of people know him as a a guitarist and keyboardist for... Radiohead, but he's you know got an increasingly celebrated side career as a film score composer, and and as you mentioned, he's got a second score this year. It's to this movie that's going to be released in April called "You Were Never Really Here" by director Lynn Ramsey. It stars Joaquin Phoenix as a hitman whose only weapon seems to be a ball peen hammer. He plays a guy who tracks down missing children. Oh, there and, we go. Yeah, and he's he's very low tech. I'll say in how he goes about low tech, <laughs> old school. <laughs> When I first saw the trailer for this film, You Were Never Really Her, here, the the music immediately leapt out at me, and I was so excited when I found out that Greenwood had done it. It's probably his least overtly orchestral score, I mean, especially compared to uh, There Will Be Blood, probably his best, uh, and Phantom Thread, and even The Master. It's, I think, his most diverse score. It's all over the place. So we put together just a little montage. So just to name three of the textures and moods here. Dense, atonal string textures inspired by Greenwood's hero, the, the Polish composer Krzysztof Penderecki. Yeah. EDM beats, and then a few glints of Greenwood's, you know, kind of trademark pearlescent uh, guitar from, from Radiohead. Real, amazingly different. I can't wait to see the movie and see how this music works in the in the scenes. Yeah, excited for that one. Excited for this new record from Johnny Greenwood. 
Just one more record before we go, but real quickly, so many other great records out today that we didn't get to. Mm -hmm. David Byrne has his album, American Utopia, is out now, as is Jimi Hendrix, Both Sides of the Sky. Yeah, and also Common, Robert Glasper, and Kareem Riggins have formed a supergroup known as August Green. Their debut album, self-titled debut, is out today as well. And they will be playing our South by Southwest showcase. Oh, nice little plug there. Next Mm -hmm. week. And if you want a preview, they've already performed on NPR's Tiny Desk. That's right. All right, last record for today, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. down, getting funky and grimy, maybe in New Orleans, somewhere in the South, it sounds like, right? (laughs) Yeah, this record, it's called uh, Tearing at the Seams, and the song we're hearing right now is called Shoe Boot. Soul, Southern rock, rhythm and blues. Love the organ, love the horn charts. I think anyone who knows his work is going to love this record. It's interesting to me that as much as this is steeped in Southern rock and soul, I think it's interesting that they worked with producer Richard Swift for this one because he's known for more of his indie pop productions. He's worked with the Shins a lot. He's worked with the band Foxy Chun. But one of the things I think Richard Swift brings to this mix is he he makes it feel very warm and intimate. Even when the songs get big, there's a roominess to them. Mm. But I really love the grooves on this one. There's great swagger to it, Mm -hmm. and he is just super charming. Yeah. Thanks, Tom, Sydney. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thanks, Sydney. Thanks, Robin. And a reminder for a complete playlist of all the albums that we talked about, just look at the podcast description for this episode, the little write-up for this episode. You can also listen to full versions of these songs from these records and a whole lot of other great releases and our new Music Friday playlist from NPR Music. Go to npr.org slash Spotify or just open up the Spotify app and search for NPR Music and you'll find it. For NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton.